you truth. But worthy is the Lamb. You see, it doesn't matter if we're unworthy. Worthy is the Lamb. Because you didn't die for yourself. You didn't bleed for yourself. But worthy is the Lamb that died on the cross. That bled and shed His blood for us. Amen. Worthy is the Lamb. Mr. Devil, you might be right. I might be unworthy because I was a sinner born in sin. But worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Turn your Bibles to the book of Numbers, chapter 15. Looking at the 37th verse. Numbers, chapter 15. Verse 37, going through 41. The title of today's message is, Do You Identify with Jesus? That's a question. Do you identify with Jesus? Numbers chapter 15, verse 37. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and bid them that they make them fringes in their borders of their garments throughout their generation, and that they put upon the fringes of the borders a ribbon of blue, And it shall be for you for a fringe that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that ye seek not your own heart or your own eyes, which after which ye used to go after whoring, that ye may remember and do the commandments of the, the commandments and be holy unto our God. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God And I am the Lord your God. Father, we thank you this morning for the reading of your holy word. Father, we ask you for your anointing. God, we ask you for your presence. Hide your servant behind the cross. Anoint our ears to hear and our hearts to hear and to understand and to comprehend what thus saith the Holy Spirit to the church this morning. We bind every distracting spirit and every lying spirit that would try to stop us from hearing the Word of God. And Father, I ask You for divine revelation today of Your Word. In the name above every name, at the name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And Amen. Amen. So in in these Scriptures, we can see the Lord has given instructions to the children of Israel. Blue tassels on the end of their garments, throughout their generation, which means it shall not end throughout their generation. So we're talking about the children of Israel. We're talking about something that God spoke to Israel and said, I want you to do this. I want you to to take your garment and I want you to take tassels and I want you to tie them to the end of your garment, sew them into the end of your garment. And in that tassel, I want you to put a, a, a a blue ribbon into that tassel and that ribbon will represent me. That, that tassel will represent me. You see, in ancient eastern co- uh, countries, this is, this is the problem with us western folks. There's so many things about the eastern culture that we don't understand that we miss so much in the Bible. And we miss the true understanding the revelations of God's Word because we think in our western mindset. Amen. Yeah. We think in our western mindset. But... In Eastern times, and in Eastern countries, in the ancient times, people would put tassels on their garments and the corners to identify themselves with who they lived. So tribes and countries and nations 
You would be able to look at a person's garment and look down at the end of the garment and you would know if that was a Hittite, Amorite, or any other ites out there. And you would know from where they came. You would know what country they were from. You would know what they stood for. You would know what family lineage they were a part of simply by the identification of the tassels that's on their garment. Now stay with me, church. I'm going somewhere this morning. Amen. Stay with me. Amen. Turn your Bible over to the book of Ruth. Ruth, if you've never read the book of Ruth, I encourage you to read. It's a beautiful story. Ruth chapter 3, looking at verse 4. In Ruth chapter 3, verse 4, it says, And it shall be when he lies down. Let me just stop right here and tell you what we're talking about. We're talking about the story of uh, Naomi and, and her daughter-in-law, Ruth. And we're talking about the story of Boaz being their redeemer. And so pick back up at verse 4. And it shall be when he lieth down, talking about Boaz, that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down. Now let me just stop right here and tell you, you women need to start sleeping at the feet of your husbands. <laughs> oh, I got everybody's attention now. Huh? Come on. <laughs> All right, are you with me? Now, I'm just joking. You know good and well, angel's not going to sleep at my feet. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I just thought that was a good place to say something right there, though. (laughs) And it shall be when he lies down that thou shalt mark the place where he shall lie, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay thee down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And she said unto her, All that thou hast said unto me, I will do. And in verse 6, six, And when she went down unto the floor, and did according that her mother-in-law had bade her, and when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, and he went to lie down at the end of the heap of the corn, and she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. And it came to pass in the midnight that the man was afraid and, and turned himself, and behold, a woman laid at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thy handmaiden. Spread therefore thy skirt over thy handmaiden, for thou art our nearest kinsman. In verse 10, and he said, Blessed thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, insomuch that thou followest not a young man, whether rich or poor. So we see the story of, of the instructions that Naomi gave her daughter-in-law. Their husbands were dead and, and famine was in the land and they had lost their, their land. They had lost everything. And so they had nowhere to go. They had nobody to identify with. They had nobody, had no language, no family. The family is gone. Their husbands are dead and the, the two women are left alone and they don't know what to do. But see, and again, and we go back to the Eastern culture times, the nearest kinsman of the family would redeem them. And that means that they would purchase their land back and make sure they had a home if they needed, to, and they would marry them back into the family so they had the family name continuing on. So there was a divine protection. And so this is something that used to happen. It was very customary back in the ancient times. And this is what Naomi is instructing uh, Ruth to do. So Ruth goes and she does exactly what she's told to do. And so Boaz wakes up and he does as she asks and he takes the, the hem of his garment and he covers her up. You know, couldn't cover very much, probably just covered her feet or something, you know, because the hymn of the garment wasn't that big, but just covered her up. And it meant something. 
It meant that He was going to protect her. It meant that He was going to provide for her. It meant that He would take her as His, as his bride. And so the, the redeeming process began to happen. And the family was again redeemed back into the, into the family that they needed to be redeemed into. How many of y'all know this morning that we need to be redeemed? We need to be redeemed into the family of God this morning. Amen? Now keep following with me. Let's go to the, to the book of Malachi chapter 4. You probably don't even know there's a chapter 4 because all you hear is chapter 3. Amen. But there's a chapter 4 in Malachi as well. Chapter 4 in Malachi in the first verse. It says, For behold, the day cometh, they shall burn as an oven, and all the proud ye, and all that do wickedly. And he shall stumble, and the day cometh, shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, and it shall leave them neither root nor branch. Now that scripture I didn't give the angel put on the screen, but you can see it there in your Bible. And the reason I wanted to go to that scripture is to tell you that I don't believe in global warming. I believe in global meltdown. I said I believe in global meltdown. Because the Bible tells us that everything is going to be burned up as inside of an oven. And Peter himself even told us that the, that the skies will be on fire. And everything that man has stored on this earth will be burned up in a heap of fire. The earth would be purged one more time, this time not by water, but this time by the fire of God. And it will be purged. I just want to share that with you in verse 1. So next time somebody asks you to believe in global warming, say, no, I believe in global meltdown. Amen? In verse 2 is where I wanted to see this morning. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in His wings. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness. Notice in your Bible that the, the word Son is capitalized, the big old S right there. We're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about the Son of the living God. The Son of Righteousness. The Messiah shall rise with healing in His wings. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all think Jesus has wings? Amen. Shake your head no, such that right. You got it. But the Bible says wings. Does the Bible say wings? Again, you've got to understand Eastern culture. You've got to know what you're talking about. You've got to dig deep into God's Word. Let me tell you what the word wings here, because it's not what you think it is. It's not an angel's wings. It's not a bird's wings. It's not even wings at all. It's actually tassels. The word in Hebrew or in Greek is, is kanaf. Kanaf. K-A-N-A-P-H. Kanaf. Which means tassels. It means the definition it refers to the edge or the corner of the border of an edge, including the edge of clothing. Are you still with me, church? Are you still following with me? Amen. So the scripture says in Malachi that in the garment of the Messiah, in the tassels, in the edge of his garment, there will be healing. Do you see that? There will be healing in the tassels, in the edge of the garment of the Messiah. Now turn with me to the book of Matthew, the ninth chapter. Brother, when you sung that song, I was about to come unglued. Talking about the Holy Spirit. I had no idea what song Tim was going to sing. He had no idea what message I'm going to preach. But the Holy Spirit knew. And when you said that part about the garment, brother, I began to shout. I couldn't help but shout. 
I couldn't help but come unglued. Amen. Because that's just the Holy Ghost. Bringing confirmation to His Word this morning. Amen. Matthew the ninth chapter. Looking at the 20th verse. And behold a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years. Came behind him and touched the hem of what? His garment. Woo! Praise God. Y'all feel the chills yet? Come on. Got the Holy, Holy Ghost goosebumps flowing yet? Hmm. Touch the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may touch his garment, I shall be made whole. But Jesus turned about, and when he had saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole that very hour. Hallelujah. She touched the hem of his garment. She touched the tassels. That he was wearing because of Numbers chapter 15. You see, Jesus was a Jewish man. And the Israelite men, the Jewish men, would have been wearing the tassels at the end of their garment with the blue ribbon identifying them as the children of God of the tribe of Israel. Come on, somebody. And she knew what the book of Numbers said. Not only did she understand numbers and understood the tassels, but she knew what Malachi said. That the prophecy was that the Messiah would have healing in his tassels. Come on, church. The Messiah was a coming, and when he comes, there will be healing in the edge of his garment. So she says within herself, if I can just get close enough, and if I can just reach out and touch the hem of his garment this morning, that I know that I'll be whole because that's the Messiah. That's the King of Israel. That's the Son of the living God. And Malachi prophesied that there would be healing in the tassels of the edge of his garment this morning. Come on, church. It's time to get excited this morning about this situation because you need to reach out and touch the hem of the garment of Jesus Christ this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of Luke. The book of Luke chapter 8. Looking at verse 43. And a woman having an issue of blood. Same woman by the way. Not changing the story. Just different recordings of it. I always say I like Luke. Luke's the best gospel to read because Luke gives more details. Okay? Luke is, was, a, he was a writer. He was a doctor. He gave more details. And so we got to look at Luke. Look at what Luke says in verse 43. And the woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which has been all of her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. There it is. And immediately her issue of blood stains with me stopped. It stopped flowing. And Jesus said, Who touched me? And when all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody has touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out from me. Mm. Another word for virtue was power, anointing. He realized that anointing had left his body. He realized that there was a power that came out of him and went to somebody. He said, because somebody has touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. The anointing has gone out of me. The power of God has gone out of me. And the woman saw that she was not hidden. 
She was afraid. And when she came trembling and falling down before him, she declared unto him and before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And and he said unto her, Jesus said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. Go in peace. Again, you've got to understand the Eastern culture. You've got to understand the times. This woman had a disease that would have named her unclean. And she was not allowed to be in public. She was not allowed to be in the middle of the crowd. But she had done did everything that she knew to do. She had done spent all of her living, all of her savings, all of her inheritance on doctors for 12 long years and could not get healed. This woman wanted to be healed. You know, there's some people that don't want to be healed. But this woman wanted to be healed. Amen. And because she wanted to be healed, she heard about the she heard about Jesus. Somebody began to tell her, there's a preacher coming to town. Some people think he's the Messiah. Some people think he's just a prophet. But she began to hear about this preacher. Remember, she's unclean. She can't get in the crowd. She has to go hide just like the leopards. They could not be among the people. There were special places for them to live. There were special places for them to go. And they could not be in the common place. But this woman heard about Jesus. And she said, He must be the Messiah. Because the, the blinded eyes are being opened. The lame are walking. Miracles are taking place. And He doesn't preach like a scribe. He doesn't preach like a Pharisee or a Sadducee. He doesn't preach as somebody who don't know. He preaches as somebody that's got power and authority this morning, church. She heard about Jesus and she perceived inside of herself this must be the Messiah to come. This must be the man that they said was coming. The prophecies prophesied and she remembered Malachi. Praise God for Malachi. See, you thought Malachi only talked about tithes. Come on. Malachi talked about healing too. And she learned about Malachi and she said, if I can just get close enough. Now, you've got to understand this word press. There's a crowd around Jesus. There was people all around him. Everybody was touching him. And there was a crowd of people. Have you ever been in such a crowd that you couldn't move? You ever been in such a crowd that you couldn't go forward? You couldn't go back? You're just stuck in the middle of the crowd? I've been there. I don't like to be there. Amen. I don't want to be there. I get myself out of there. Praise God. But, you know, she was, there was a crowd around Jesus. And she said within herself, if I can just reach him, if I can just reach him. You see, church, that's where we are today. You need to reach out and press through. You got to press through the crowd. You got to press through tradition. You got to press through the laws of man. You got to learn to press through. It was against the law. It was against tradition for her to even be there. It was definitely against the law and against tradition for her to be in the crowd because she's touching people. Come on. And and she's supposed to be in the crowd crying unclean. But instead, she's crying out mercy. Instead, she's crying out faith. And she reaches through the crowd. And she gets close enough to just touch the very hem of his garment. And the moment she does, she touched him with faith. And when she touched him with faith, the power of the anointing came out of Jesus and flowed through her body. And she, the bleeding began to stop. And she was made whole, not healed. Notice the word says whole, not healed. She was made whole the same time. You see, there's a difference between healed and being whole. When you're healed, whatever problem you had is healed. But when you're whole, God is totally restored you back to where you were before. You've got sick, thank God. And the whole is to be heard from God and the whole is to be received from God. 
touched the hem of his garment. Now there was a lot of people around Jesus at that moment in time and they were all touching him, but they were not touching him with faith. You see, there's a difference. There's a difference. Amen? You can go to God in prayer, but if you ain't touching God with your faith, ain't nothing going to happen. Come on. I said you can pray until the cows come home. But if you ain't touching God with faith, then ain't nothing going to happen. All these people were touching Him. All these people heard the same messages. All these people, they were wondering, is this the Messiah? Is this the Christ? Oh, we know He's a great prophet. We know He's a great man of God. We hear His powerful words. But they were not touching Him with faith. Let me tell you, she wasn't the only one sick in the crowd. Come on, church. Let's get real. Come on. We're not the only ones sick in the church. There's other people. There must have been other people in the crowd that needed healing. But she was the one that pressed through. I'm telling you, church, you've got to learn to press through your problems. You've got to learn to press through your situations. You've got to learn to press through tradition. You've got to learn to press through the old way of thinking and touch the hem of the garment of the Messiah this morning. Because in the tassels of the Messiah, in the garment of the Messiah, is where your healing is, church. It's where your answers are. Everything you need from God is in the garment, praise God. Hallelujah. Now you know why I put my suit on this morning, Bonnie. See, I thought it was a special occasion. It is, because it's the fanciest thing I've got. Amen? And I wanted to talk about the garment of Jesus this morning. The garment of the Lord. Amen? We've got to learn to press through. We've got to learn to seek God with our faith. We've got to learn to touch heaven with our faith. Notice what Jesus said. Notice it wasn't Jesus' faith. Did he turn around, lay hands on her? Did he rebuke the sickness out of her body? No. He didn't even know she was there. He's just in the crowd. He's walking somewhere. He's on a mission. Amen. You men know what I'm talking about. You get something on your mind, you got a one-track mind, you got one thing you're thinking. I'm going here, I'm going there, I'm going. I know the older I get, the more I have to think like that when I'm driving, because my truck likes to be automatic pilot. Take me to Carrollton when I ain't going to Carrollton. I'm going to Bremen. For some reason, I'm going to Carrollton now. Amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Jesus was, was on a mission. He was going somewhere. He didn't even know she was there, but he felt the touch of faith. That means that he'll feel your touch of faith too. He'll feel your touch of faith this morning, church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But those that are in the crowd had no faith to draw out the anointing. Only this little lady had faith, church. And we need to have that same faith in God this morning. Amen. We need to have that same faith in God this morning. Amen. We yeah. see, well, not only when she, when she was getting ready to touch the hem of His garment, she wanted to identify with the Messiah. You see, remember I told you that the tassels were about identification. Israel put the blue tassels on to identify themselves with God that they were going to keep the commandments of the Lord. They identified themselves with the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. They identified themselves with God and keeping the covenant with God. So it was identification mark. So not only did she know she needed to be healing, but she wanted to identify with Jesus this morning. My question to you this morning, church, is do you want to identify with Jesus this morning? Do you want to be in the bloodline of the Lord Messiah. Come on. Do you want to be in the family of heaven this morning with Jesus? Do you want to touch 
the outer hem of his garment this morning and identify yourself as a child of the living God. Do you want to identify yourself? Because I want to tell you, if you do not identify yourself as a child of the living God, then you're just a child of the devil. Might as well preach it like it is. Come on. We either identify ourselves as a child of God or we identify ourselves as a child of the devil. There ain't no in between. Come on. Come on. I live in a black and white world. There ain't no in between. There ain't no gray matter there. You're either, you either with Jesus or you're with the devil. There's the one. You know, brother, I don't see it that way. I don't want to be with the devil. Then you better get yourself right with God. Because there ain't no other way. Amen. There ain't no other way. So we need to identify ourselves with the Lord. And she identified herself with the Lord. Amen. Go with me to Mark chapter 4 and verse 37. In Mark chapter 4 and verse 37, it says, And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And when he was in the... He was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, talking about Jesus again. Disciples are on the boat. They're going to the other side of the lake. Jesus is in the inner part of the ship. He's taking a little nap. No worries. No heartache. Nothing to be concerned about. He's relaxed. He's taking a nap. And they awoke him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Carest thou not that we perish? They were in the middle of a storm. The waves were coming into the boat. There's water in the boat. The storm is bad. Jesus is asleep on a pillow in the middle of the boat, in the hinder part of the boat. And they awake him and say, Master, don't you even care that we perish? Mm. This is where so many of you are today. Come on. This is where so many of you are today. You question God and you say, don't you even care that we're perishing? We're at war with an evil dictator. Gas prices are so high. Inflation is rising faster in our income. And there are natural disasters everywhere. Families are torn apart. People are being more divided now today than ever before. There seems to be no hope in sight. Drug overdose is the number one killer in America today. And people are dying all around us. People don't want to go to church anymore. And the spirit of Ichabod is growing everywhere. Don't you care, God? We are sick. We're going under. Our boats are taking on water. Our lives are taking on water. And it is getting harder and harder to live for you. This is what many people are crying out to God in prayer today. Are saying, God, don't you even care. In verse 39. And he arose and rebuked the wind, and he said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. In verse 40, and he, Jesus, is saying unto the church today, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Where's your faith, church? Where's your faith? Shake off the depressing spirits. Grab a hold of the faith 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. Press through with your problems. Press through with your sicknesses. Press through and touch the hem of the garment of the Messiah. Because I got news for you. He cares. And you're not going to perish. Listen to me, church. Your life might be taken on water, but Jesus is still in the boat with you. Amen. Your life, listen, you might have troubles on both sides. You might be in the middle of a terrible storm, but Jesus is still in the boat with you. Praise God. All you got to do is talk to Him. All you got to do is wake Him up. Come on. And ask Him to take care of the problem. But don't dare ask Him. Don't you even care. Yes, He cares. He cares about their problem. He cares about your problem. But there was a faith lesson to be learned in the boat that day. A faith lesson was to be learned in the boat that day. You see, what Jesus was upset about was that none of the twelve apostles stood up on the boat and began to rebuke the wind and began to rebuke the sea and bring the calmness. They had to wake up the master. The reason he was asleep because he expected them to do it. Come on. reason God isn't answering your prayers is because he's expecting you to do it. Come on. Come on. He's expecting you to do something about it. Everybody wants God to do something about it. God's expecting you to do something about it. So after he rebuked the wind and the sea, he said, peace be still. Some of you this morning need to look at the situations in your life. You look at your families. Look at your bank accounts. Look at your doctors and say, peace be still. Speak to the problem, church. Speak to the problem and say, peace be still. Come on. He cares for you. He cares what your problems are. Your boat might be taking on water. Honey, grab a bucket and get the water out. Come on. Don't sit there and cry in your tears and put more water in the boat. Get a bucket and get the water out. Come on. Get the problem out of your life. Begin to speak to the wind and the problems and the rain and storms of your life. Begin to speak to them with words of faith. But I want to tell you, church, you need to have faith. You need to have faith. Have faith in God. Everybody's concerned about what's going on in our world today. Gas prices are getting so high, it's over $4 a gallon right now. Cheapest place in town happens to be Styles 409. You better hurry up and get there before they run out. Come on. Everybody's concerned about how we're going to make it. The economy this, the economy that, my job this, my job that. How are we going to make it? Let me tell you about a man named Jesus that don't care about gasoline. Let me tell you about a man named Jesus that don't care about money. You see, my Jesus knows how to put gas in the gas tank supernaturally by speaking the word. I've done seen him do it. I said I've done seen him do it. I've been in the place where I'm about to run out of gas and can't get to the gas station in miles from home and no money. I've been there. And I said, God, you're going to have to help me or I'm not going to make it home. I've got to make it home. And physically watch the needle in the gas tank go up. Now, I haven't talked him into filling it up yet. (laughs) But he gave me enough to get home. Don't tell me my God can't, can't look inside your gas tank and speak a word to it and gas start producing gas for you. Come on. 
My God's a God about multiplication. He don't know how to divide. All he knows how to do is multiply. And God can speak to the gasoline molecules in your gas tank and begin to multiply. And your gas tank to get pregnant and your gasoline get pregnant to have little gas bubbles. Come on, church. My God knows how to multiply the gas in your gas tank. Oh, brother, what about all this inflation? Come on, money grows on trees. Come on. Lord spoke to Peter one day when they were buying their taxes and he says, I want you to go fishing. Lord, what for? Go fishing. And the first fish you catch, pull that silver coin out of his mouth and go pay your taxes and mine. Even Jesus owed taxes. He said, go pay your taxes and mine. You see, Jesus knew exactly where the fish was. All he needed was Peter to be obedient. All it took was one fish. Church, the only thing your bank account needs is one fish. Come on. That's all your bank account needs. Listen, if inflation keeps going up and gasoline keeps going up and the heating bill keeps going up, come on. God will supernaturally meet your needs. You see, my God took the children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years and their clothes and their shoes never wore out. As the children grew, the dress grew. As their feet grew, the shoe grew. How could that happen? Supernaturally by the power of the provider. You see, our God is El Shaddai. He's more than enough. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not. Why? Because he's a supernatural God. Amen? Amen. Now, every time I have asked God for money, He always makes my phone ring and I get a job. For some reason, He wants me to work to earn money. That might, be, that might be scriptural. I think it might be in Genesis, something about the sweat of your brow. But my wife? Honey, I need you to go check the mailbox. What for? It might be a check in there for me. Oh, I ain't no check in there. Go check the mailbox. Might be a check in there for me. How many checks have you received in the past year? Four. Five. Five checks in the past year. Unexpected. From people she didn't know were going to send her money. Amen? Why? Because she keeps expecting a check in the mailbox. You see, I'm not looking for the check in the mailbox. I'm looking for the phone call. Angel's looking for the check in the mailbox. And supernaturally, she gets a check in the mailbox. You believe the medical world sends her checks for overpaying? How many people does that happen to? We've even had the IRS one time send us, send us thousands of dollars because they made a mistake. Way back 30, 40 years ago. 30 years ago, I guess it was. Amen. Supernaturally. And it came at a moment when we needed it the most. You see, God knows what you need and He can provide for you the moment you need it. Jesus told the people, He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, how you're going to be clothed. Consider the birds of the air. They neither reap, they don't store, but yet every day the Heavenly Father feeds them. How many birds are outside today? There's more birds than we can count. There's probably not enough numbers to even count all the birds in the world. But yet they eat every day. Come on. Amen. Amen. They eat every day. 
Are you not more precious than a bird? I got news for you, you are. God cares more about you than that bird outside. He died for you, not for the bird. He shed his blood for you, not for that bird. And yet he feeds that bird every day. But see, what has happened is fear has come around to the church. And we no longer pick our eyes on Jesus. And we no longer reach out to touch the hem of his garment. Now we're looking for the government to be our provider. Church, you look for the government to be your provider, you'll starve to death. I got news for you. My Jesus is my provider. Amen. My Jesus is my provider. I shared our finances with you last week, and some of you said, How in the world, how in the world does Pastor Cliff and Angel make it on that little salary? Well, Angel gets checks in the mail, and I get phone calls. Amen. God still provides, He'll provide for you. Can you forget about your problems and concentrate on Jesus today? Can you focus on the hem of the garment today? Amen. Amen. This word is for you today. This word is for somebody here today that needs to know that God still cares. And He's provided. He's made a provision for you this morning, church. Let's all stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Father, we ask you right now. Lord, for whoever this word was for today, maybe it wasn't for everybody, but for whoever you picked out to hear this word, Father, that you would just give them peace right now. We speak peace to their home. We speak peace to their finances. We speak peace to their job. We speak peace to their family. Father, they they may feel like they're about to drown, that the boat is being filled in their lives and they're going under, but you rebuke the storm in their life right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're rebuking storms, that you're pulling back the waves. God, I ask you to let the sun shine in their life right now that they can have hope and faith. In Jesus Christ. Father, we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, these altars are open. Come on down and have a little talk with Jesus this morning. All you got to do is call on His name. Repent of your sins and call on His name. He'll meet you in the altar. But I wonder if there'd be anybody here this morning say, Brother Cliff, I just need some healing. Lord, may God will get the anointing all out and we'll anoint you according to James chapter 5. Anybody here this morning need healing? These altars are open for whatever you need from God today. If you need healing, come on, we'll pray for you right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else this morning? Yes, sir. Hallelujah.
From the revival of, of uh, Salem Church. Monday night while we were there, there were three people who got saved. Hallelujah. Amen. There you go. Come on. Three people got saved Wednesday, uh, Monday night. Um, and on Thursday night when we were there, uh, there were three people, three different people who got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Are we talking about a church that used to have the word Baptist on the name? And again, people baptized in the Holy Ghost. Many people were, were healed. One teenager had a, a, what was that? Eczema. eczema, skin disease. She was healed instantly Thursday night. And it had to come back. Amen. Beautiful revival. Beautiful revival. 
But let me tell you why they had such a good experience and why they had such a good outpouring of God in their revival is because that church comes together on Friday night and they pray. They pray for it. They pray every Friday night. They gather and they pray and they seek God and they prayed and asked God to bring healing and bring and bring salvation and bring them a wonderful revival. And they got their breakthrough and God did exactly what they prayed for. Let's give God a hand. Amen. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Amen.